All right. For those of you who were on our show at Voice America, the Empowerment Channel, we've brought Brian Byro back because you, you know what, Brian? I don't. We just couldn't finish it there. I mean, there is. If and if you don't mind, if I, if I could take some more of your time, I probably should have asked you before I just announced it to the world that we're going to continue this conversation. It's just this little conversation that we're having is fantastic. You are just absolutely amazing to sit down and really just pick your brain because it's full of pearls. Brian, we were talking about the action step, if you will, or the idea of, you know, we have this vision and, and we write it down and we say, you know, and I'll, I'll use myself as an example and what we created a year and a half ago from the time of this particular recording, we created a radio show called The Adversity Connection. And, our, right. and I mean, you know, because you were a big part of it, you were the one of the people that came to me and said, Dan, you got to do this. Like this is, yeah, let's go for it. Congratulations. I'll be a guest and everything. And then introduced me to a bunch of people um, where we said, we're going to connect the idea of adversity being bad to people's lives to help them overcome the challenges they face and the adversities they face. And lo and behold, a year and a half later, my wife and I are sitting down and we're saying, why is it? Why is it we're, we have so much adversity in our life. You know, I'd speak to one person, they'd say, well, you know, Dan, the fight gets fierce as you're sitting that three feet from gold. You know, you go and you read uh, Greg Reed and Sharon Lecter's book, Three Feet from Gold. You go and you read Think and Grow Rich Again, and they talk about that point in your life that most people lock up, retreat back into safety, and never really experience real growth. So we sat there thinking, this is it. This is our growth moment, right? Well, that... It was a long three feet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it felt like it was going on forever. And then uh, Belinda Phillips sat down and said, Dan, did you ever think you're focusing so much on adversity, even though your intentions are good? And I think this is where that split, if you, if you will, in the road comes is our intentions were good. We wanted to help people connect with adversity. But in discussing adversity, 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 all that came in our lives was more adversity. It'd be like, Two steps forward, six steps back. Right. Can you maybe just like break it down, simplify it for everyone listening as to, wow, how did this happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let me just start with uh, something that I think most people can relate to, just kind of a, a way to envision the process. And then I'm going to give you some, uh, I'm actually going to give you an actual simple exercise to take charge of that transformation from, from the adversity to what you want. Uh, first, the kind of the, the picture, the vision for you. I'm a five-year-old. No, let me, we'll make it seven-year-old. I'm a seven-year-old little boy, and I'm on the side of a cool hill in the middle of winter full of snow, and I'm on my brand-new sled for the very first time. I get my dad's up there with me. It's my dad is Dan, and he's the best dad in the world, and he is so excited. To get, he's he's got, given me this sled. It's a super-duper cool sled. I get on it. It's got great steering on it. I start, I'm so excited. I start whooping down the hill. Now, it's a beautiful hill. It is wide open, but there's one stump, one tree stump right in the middle of the hill. Being inexperienced, being a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit scared, being a little bit worried about a little adversity, as I'm riding down that hill, all right, what do I look at? <laughs> the stump. All right, there's about... 500 meters on either direction of nothing but snow but what am i looking at the stump what do i hit the stump what happens next dad flies over 100 miles an hour to make sure i'm okay all right 
You know we've had that experience, right? Yep. All right. Now it's the same kid two weeks later. He's now on the same hill, same stump. Where do his eyes go now? Right to the stump. No, not this time. No, not this time. Now he's got the experience. Now he's that. Now all he's thinking about is fun. Or if he's looking at the stump, he's thinking, "How high can I jump off the stump?" Ah. All right. So uh, another way of looking at it, it's a little kid with this brand new bike. There's a big rock on the road. First time he rides it, all he sees is a rock. Hits the rock, falls over. Goes by dad. I'm okay. Goes by mom. Go. I'm gonna die. All right. <laughs> Two weeks later, same kid, same rock. All he does is move his eyes around the rock. He doesn't see the rock anymore. He sees the fun of riding his bike. What goes first? His vision, his eyes. Before the bike turns, before he moves around the rock, his eyes have taken him around the rock. His vision has showed him a different way. We have been convinced, we have been conditioned to focus on the rock, to focus on the stump. How do we do it? Because most of the time when we correct each other <clears throat> as parents, I want everyone who's a parent to think about this, how often do we tell our kids what not to do? Don't do that. As soon as you say don't do that, all they get is the bat, and they're pulled to it. You know my story, my favorite story that I tell about Allison, my swimmer. The, the key element in that story, as simple as it is, was for eight years I kept saying to her, just like you were saying to the world, Hey, we can turn adversity into something good, but all we heard was adversity. For eight years, I said to Allison, one of these days, you're not going to die. When she got to that point in her race where she tied up and lost her faith and confidence, and she tied up. One of these days, you're not going to die. The subconscious does not get the not going to. All it gets is the die. All it gets is the adversity. All it gets is the rock and the stump. So... What you must do, and the fun of it, is to begin to be a positive coach rather than a negative coach. Now, that's both to others in parenting, as a manager, as a leader, but most of all in your internal conversations to yourself. If you recall in the story of Allison, the transformation didn't occur by me saying anything about dying. It came by saying, Allison, when you get to the 75-meter mark, I want you to focus on finishing like you did your warm-up sprint. Remember how great you felt, how your eyes were, how you were flying, how your eyes were on that finish, how you did the best. You looked incredible. There was no dying in that conversation, even though it was all about transforming away from dying. Does that make sense so far, Dan? Makes massive sense. I've heard that. I've heard that story a million times. Never once did I make that association. Yes, and the association is you were saying to yourself by consistently talking about adversity, one of these days we're not going to have adversity. All it gets is adversity. So what you want to do is transform it to what do you want? What do you want? And put it in the context of what you want, not to avoid what you don't want. That's how we usually do it. We say, I don't want this to happen. All the subconscious mind will work on is that that's what it is it's that you don't want to happen. That's what it gets. So how can you really build this into a way that can be transformational? Um, and it's funny. I was just working with a very dear friend of mine yesterday who's going to be delivering the first really big keynote speech of his life and he's going to be in front of 1500 people and he's a little worried about being being nervous okay being nervous is his is his uh take on adversity or one of these days you're not going to die or the rock or the stump and so what i've taught him to do is something that i call the personal victory exercise and it's very simple and and what you do is you spend oh you can do this in 10 minutes and what you do is you write down any instances in your life where you felt phenomenal about 
about for him in this case about phenomenal about being a communicator. Anytime that he felt great speaking, whether it's one-on-one to a group of people, as a father, as a husband, to really get clear and envision those experiences and write them down. Once you've written them down, then envision them and attach to them a physical anchor. And what I mean by that is you can just make a fist each time. So in your case, as you're thinking about when you've transformed beyond that adversity, you don't think about the adversity at all. You think about the positive steps you did. And you then, as soon as you see it and feel it in your body, in your bones, in your muscles, in your heart, in every cell of your body, you make a positive fist with your right hand and in your subconscious mind, you go, yes. And you do that and you attach that to each of those experiences, real experiences of your life that you can draw on when you've been your best. Now, this whole exercise is laid out actually in the last chapter of Beyond Success. I mean, much more, it gives you a much more thorough and clear definition of how you create that. But in bottom line is, I'll give you one other positive way of doing this. And this is very clear to anyone who's ever been involved in coaching or teaching. We coach and teach backwards. We teach our children what not to do. We teach ourselves what we did wrong. We focus on what we did wrong. Now... You don't pretend you didn't do something wrong, but it create at least a two-to-one ratio in, your, in the way that you coach and teach towards what you want. The master of this was John Wooden, and I called it the sandwich effect. So most coaches, when somebody is making a, an error in the sport, point out the error. All right? This is what you did. All right? And they, you do that first. And that's the thing that sticks. And what happens is, it's that same thing. They're just looking at the rock or the stump. Coach Wooden did what I call the sandwich effect. First, he would point out the right thing to do. Second, he would point out what the person did. Because like that little boy riding the bicycle towards that rock, it doesn't do any good to pretend there's no rock. You're going to hit the rock harder. All right? you got to see it and then move your eyes around it. And so... What John Wooden did was he pointed out the right way to do it. He then next pointed out what the person did, and he didn't do it in negative terms. It was simply, this is what you did. And then third, he reinforced and told again the right way to do it. So the ratio was two to one in the positive, if you want to go that. It was actually more than that because he didn't make the, what the person did into a negative. So we have to do that same, with, same thing with ourselves. We must notice what results we're getting that we don't want. We must notice our stumps and our rocks and our adversity. Okay, that's what it is. Then quickly move your eyes like you did on that little boy on the bicycle and start to over, overwhelm that what you're not doing, what you don't want, the things you don't want to bring in your life with a vision of exactly what you do want. All right? It's the same thing with people who want to quit smoking. It's like, most people say, I want to quit smoking. They are talking about smoking, and they're going to fall back to it. People who want to lose weight, all they're seeing is the fat. All right, what you've got to do is see yourself so beautifully as the vibrant, sleek, slim, wonderful person. Fill that vision with only the picture you want, the picture that takes you around the stump and around the rock and beyond the adversity to where all you hear is benefit. The adversity is so far gone. You only heard it once way long ago, and it's been overwhelmed by the term benefit, positive, joy. And if you do that and then incorporate even that personal victory exercise, which adds the dimension of adding a physical anchor to all those positive experiences of what you want, pretty soon you just drive away that which you don't want. It is overwhelmed. Brian, 
is it even possible for anyone not to have a negative thought? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I think maybe for God, but um, that's about it. Um, but it is incredibly possible to turn things in the way that we just talked about. In the same way that there are stumps, there are rocks. There are things that we do that we go, well, you know, that wasn't the way I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And for a moment, we're going to see it. Mm-hmm. But we have a tremendous amount of choice and a tremendous amount of opportunity to recondition ourselves towards turning those things faster and faster and faster and more and more consistently into, into the direction that we do want. So for everyone listening, and, and the, the reason, I mean, you know why I asked that, Brian, the, the reason I asked that is because as we travel down the path of choosing positive little conversations, those negative ones are going to pop up and you've done Absolutely. nothing wrong when they've popped up. Right, Brian? I mean, absolutely. I, it's, absolutely. It's, it, 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 and it's, it, it's not only is it, po- is it going to happen, it's okay that it happens. What, what we're on the pathway on, what we're talking about today is that you much more rapidly notice yourself doing it. Yes. And going to that place. Yeah. And you so, can rapidly uh, turn it around even quicker. Absolutely. Because now you've taught yourself, you know what to do with it. You know what to do when that thing happens. You know, it's the same thing in, in anything that, we, that we've learned how to deal with the situation in a positive way. When it comes to us the second time, when it comes to us the first time, we're maybe a little bit stumped. And it seems that there's that stump word again. All right. Maybe we're a little bit you know, put off by it. Maybe we're brought down by it. The second time, if we have conditioned ourselves to know how to start moving away from it towards what we want, it doesn't seem so tough. The third time, we almost begin to start to laugh at it and go, well, that probably popped in. Where did that come from? I know what to do. And the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and the seventh, till pretty soon, we get so good at dealing with it, it's amazing. Always remember Edison, the man who you know, was the all-time greatest inventor, had over four years, 4,000 quote-unquote failures before he invented the light bulb. After almost four years, three, three years, some odd crazy number of months, over 3,900 failures, his chief assistant said, how can you stand all this failure? And Edison said, are you kidding? We just learned another way not to make a light bulb. In other words, all he, he was a master at not avoiding the, the, the mistake, not at avoiding that negative thought, but immediately turning towards, oh, what can I learn? What's next? This is great. I've got feedback. Dan, life is teleological. And what that means is, When we drive a car, you know this very well, if you hold the steering wheel totally still, you're going to go into the the ditch on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. What you need to do is you you need feedback. You need to notice what's going on. In the same way that we shoot a rocket from the earth to the moon, it doesn't go in a straight line. It constantly depends upon the feedback to say, oops, getting a little off course, bring it back. Uh, Boom, 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 boom. That's the way with what we're talking about. Those stumps in the road are start to become nothing more than little feedback that, okay, all i got to do is make this adjustment. You know, I, I lost, uh, you know, something around 25, 30 pounds about three and a half years ago. Haven't found it since. <laughs> uh, for years before that, though, I would go up and down, up and down, up and down because I kept thinking about losing weight. It was when I, co- I really conditioned myself to not even think about weight, but to see myself exactly as I wanted to be. 
When I close my eyes, I'd see the scale at the number. When I'd see myself in the mirror, I'd see, you know, the six pack. You know, when I'd, when I, I'd see myself light and vibrant, and that's all I saw. There was nothing about dieting. There was nothing about losing weight. There was nothing even about working out. There was only that clear picture of that, that beautiful snowbank instead of the constant stump that most people look at. As soon as I conditioned that, it was easy. And that weight has never even come close to coming back because I see myself in that way and have conditioned to only look beyond the rock. Fantastic. Brian, I mean, I can't thank you enough for continuing this conversation off the live show this afternoon. And, you know, um, share with everybody. We're going to put it below in this blog, too. It's very important. But just share with everybody how we can get a hold of you. Um, because I mean, especially with the Allison, would you mind if I put the Allison story below this audio as well? Please go right ahead. Love okay. it. Because anyone listening to this, oh, I mean, get tissues because you're going to cry. Um, Brian, when, when I first met you at the matrix event, I, I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. It was, it is a fantastic story of joy, passion, excitement, and true transformation. And you know, thank you so much for taking the time out today, Brian. It's so My appreciated. Complete, complete pleasure. And, you know, I'm glad you thought of putting the Allison story there because on the heels of our conversation today, it is what we talked about today. Yes. It is exactly what we talked about, about how you transform those little conversations. Uh, and the fun part is it's not complex. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's easy because of all the conditioning that takes us away from it. But once you get clear about what to do, it's not a complex, you know, uh, requiring PhD and applied physics kind of a thing. It's a simple transformation in the way that you deal with life. And so, um, so it's just my joy to be with you. Uh, my, the way to get a hold of me is just to go to my website. It's brianbiro.com, and that's B-R-I-A-N-B-I-R-O.com. Uh, my greatest passion professionally is to speak for speak for people around the world. It's what I love to do. I love to get people off the sidelines and into the game, speaking for organizations all over the planet. So um, by going to my website, that's where you find those opportunities to contact me about those uh, speaking engagements. And there's also all my books. I actually have written 10 books now because there's a new one that I wrote for my daughters uh, recently called Loving Life Lessons for My Daughters. So... Um, thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for the woo, the window of opportunity. Dan, you're doing great work in helping people really transform those little conversations. Thank you so much, Brian. Below this video as well, as you've probably seen by now, because you've probably been exploring the page a little bit while you're listening to this audio, Brian Byro's links to his website right there. Just make the click. There's also a link to Brian's expert page inside Little Conversations today, and you could watch more videos of Brian and I discussing a lot of the things that come with joy being in the present moment which is another key critical idea is are you present or are you physically here and is your mind somewhere else and there's no better person than brian to teach you that joy to you all as my dear friend brian says and have a great day we hope you enjoyed it brian thank you so much again thanks dan